burning and sinking into the sea. Is it a turtle? An ankylosaur? No, it's Godzilla raids again. No, because it's not. It's not. What is it? Ankylosaur. Ankylosaur. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's like a. It's it. It's a, some made up thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they keep saying it's an ankylosaur in the movie, but it's not an ankylosaur. No. It's not. And then, they, and then they keep going. It makes. No then sense. they call it Angurus. It's otherwise known as Angurus. So I'm like, no, no, it's not an ankylosaur. An, an ankylosaur is an herbivore, and yeah. it has a. It's nothing like. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, where we're trying our best to stay alive. Uh, join me today, as always, at Chard Angaris himself, Eric Neely. What's up, guys? How's it going? You doing all right today, Alex? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, Godzilla raids again. Uh, it's a Godzilla film. It is. And I'm excited to talk about it this week. And it raids again. This is... This is the beginning of gray areas, and not because this movie is all gray, but because <laughs> there's a lot of leeway for people to like or dislike these movies. I feel like the first one is a great place. Like it's a great place to start because I feel like we can all start on the same page. Absolutely, it's yeah. a great film. And then this one, I think this is the one where a lot of people are going to have very different opinions. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so one thing we want to do at the beginning of each episode is just cover any sort of listener feedback or monster news from the week. We already have listener feedback. We do. We have some listener feedback, which I'm excited about. Um, this is from Jay on Twitter, which we actually know Jay, so it's kind of cheating. But this is from Jay on Twitter. He says, I'm hooked. My favorite new podcast. I really enjoyed the insight and perspectives. It's like being back in film school without worrying about grades. The theometer was a highlight of the show, and I hope this podcast is still going on long enough for the Gwendar. Thanks, Jay. We appreciate that <laughs> feedback. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. That's, that's, that's really nice of Jay to write all that. And, you know, it, it felt like he meant it, and he's not doing it because he's our friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, <laughs> it felt authentic. He, but he also did give me a correction that I definitely feel like I need to address. Because you didn't correct me, Alex, and so I blame you, being the kaiju expert. And I, and, and the funny thing is, I when I was editing it, I was like, "Oh God, Eric, that's not how you say it." But I left it in there, and <laughs> now I feel partially responsible. Well, you, you should feel responsible as the kaiju expert. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, kidding. I knew it was wrong. I think even in the mo- in, in the episode, I say it right. And you do say it, you do say times. it right. I just figured you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably a safe assumption to make most times. <laughs> so it is, it is Gojira, not Gohira. Anytime that I see the H sound in another language, or the eight or the, I can't even do this right. The J. J in another language, <laughs> I automatically assume the H sound just because of learning Spanish for multiple years. Uh, I was a Spanish major. So I automatically go to that Spanish pronunciation. So, but at least we know we have Jay here to correct us anytime we make a pronunciation mistake. Not that there's anything hard to pronunciate about any of these names or anything, but. No, no, nothing's hard to pronounce. And, but what's interesting is, is I've never heard you call Jay. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> Sorry, hey. Sorry, hey. <laughs> we'll have to you know what we'll have to do, Alex. We'll have to get hey sometime. We'll have to get him on the podcast just to correct every mispronunciation we have. You know, that would be kind of fun. Yeah, it would. <laughs> All right. Let's move into the film introduction this week for Godzilla Raids Again. Yeah. Okay, six months after the release of Godzilla, Godzilla Raids Again lurches into theaters. Unlike its predecessor, it releases to critical acclaim in Japan. This film is the first monster verse monster movie in the Godzilla series, and it's a landmark for how the series portrays Godzilla going forward. Ironically, Honda, who was upset about the poor reviews of the first film, was not present to direct the film. Instead, he was currently filming a different feminine drama that he had become known for before filming Godzilla. So instead, Motoyashi Oda steps into the director's chair and achieves what was most important at the time to Honda, praise from the critics. Now, with 60 plus years, how do you think the film has aged compared to the original? Should we even compare the two films? Okay, I think it's a, I think it's a good question. Um, and just to be clear up front, I don't think Godzilla Raids Again really compares to Gohira. There's not that same level of complexity in the themes that we saw in Gohira. The characters don't feel quite as nuanced. Maybe there's an exception with Kobayashi, but I think it actually does work as a sequel. Uh, I'll explain what I mean in just a second. Um, I think it works as a sequel, but maybe not as a successor. So a successor would be something that in, in my kind of definition of this builds upon the first themes um, and, and takes it in a new and exciting direction. I definitely think it takes it in a different direction, um, which I think makes it a sequel and an effective sequel, but I don't think it builds on those themes. What it does do though, is it sets the framework for the Godzilla franchise. I say it's even more important to the Godzilla franchise than the original. It's hard to say that it's the same quality because we just don't see the same performances. But we've got several firsts here. We've got the first monster versus monster fight with the introduction of Angiris. We have the first, I would call an attempt at humor. Uh, we have the first terrible plans by humans that somehow manages to work. Uh, so what do you think, Alex? you think this film builds on the first? Is it more important to the franchise than the original? I don't think it builds on the original. Uh, it kind of goes to what you were saying. Um, I do like the film, but it doesn't compare to the original. It's almost like they're not even made by the same anybody. It's like someone... Which is true. <laughs> and, and it's true. I mean, uh, even Akira Inafube, who did mm. the score for the first film, and he goes on to do the score in several other of the Godzilla movies, he's not even back, which is why, which is a big part of why I don't think this film feels the same. Yeah. as the previous one i mean that was a i would say gojira has maybe one of the best scores of all time uh and, and i don't think i'm stepping out of line saying that i think that's maybe even a common conception a lot of people have about the film but it the worst part about the film was that it leaves all the themes behind that made gojira so important i mean we we i don't know what the message of the film was uh, yeah. <laughs> to to put it lightly, I mean, I, it's that summer blockbuster is what this is. This is the this is the first movie is the art art house film that mm -hmm. made so much money that the studio took it and made that big blockbuster that everybody wants to see in the summer. 
Yeah. That's kind of what this kind of feels like. Uh, it's it's kind of lost a little bit of its soul, but it's also found, like you said, it's found its footing in terms of providing a future for the franchise. Uh, we see Godzilla fight against another giant monster for the first time. We see, as you said, Kobayashi, who I really mm-hmm. do think is a standout. I know he could probably be a little divisive because he the comedy doesn't land all the time. It really in the yeah. film, just in general. But <laughs> I really do like some of the almost cold war vibes. And I know this came out before the cold war, but this almost gave me some cold war vibes. Like, uh, the moment where Shoichi is, you know, at the dance and an announcement kicks on the speaker and everyone stops dead in their tracks. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, that's, that's like one of the few haunting moments of the film where it feels like a a bomb is going to drop at any moment. And another cool thing that I liked about this film was that, and that kind of feels like maybe it does have some a little bit of the blood, just a little bit mm-hmm. of the blood of Gojira is that the blacked out city. It's really kind of creepy to see this black, the city that's all black and just completely lifeless, almost like Godzilla's corpse at the end of the last film. Did anything in this movie really hold any weight for you like the other one did? I think the first hour of the film was actually pretty good. Um, and I think there is that terror that you mentioned, you know, when they're evacuating the dance hall, when the city is completely dark. I think there is that terror there. Um, whenever they consider what the first Godzilla did to Tokyo, and now we have another Godzilla coming for Osaka, uh, I think there's there's definitely a fear there that I think did carry over from the first film, which leads into another question I have for you, Alex. Um, you mentioned last episode that this is a different Godzilla. Now I've, I probably missed something along the line line here. Uh, I'm sure I did. You know, Dr. Yamane even shows footage from the original film. I think that thing, that original film footage is probably like five minutes. Oh my uh, God. It feels like an eternity. <laughs> I, I read that it does. And I read that, you know, the U.S. version even called this Godzilla something different. They called it Gigantus. So yeah. what what am I missing here? What what are the differences between these Godzillas? Uh, how do we know this is a different Godzilla? Okay, well, the, you can kind of ignore the fact that the U.S. called this movie Gigantus the Fire Monster when it was released over here. The reasoning behind that was that the studio that was distributing the film didn't want audiences to get confused because, you know, Godzilla died at the last, at the end of the last movie. So this is a different monster. We're going to call it Gigantus. And that way we don't confuse anybody. Like no one could figure this out. Dumb American audiences, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's (laughs) not unusual for them to do that. I mean, we, we see this going forward after King Kong versus Godzilla. We see a lot of name changes. I mean, we Mm -hmm. saw, we saw it in the previous film with Godzilla being changed to Godzilla, King of the Monsters instead right. uh and being trimmed down into a kind of a lamer movie but really yeah this is a different godzilla after the hours of footage that we watch with y- with yamane who it's great to see back absolutely i just wish we didn't see more of the film he was in than yeah. we did him <laughs> yeah true <laughs> um but not too long after he shows the footage He's talking to this other guy, and he asks if there's any solutions to take care of Godzilla. You know, he's he's been killed once. Are there any solutions? And the film kind of tiptoes around 
the fact that this is a new Godzilla for the most part, but this is like the one part where they, they, they lay it out and then they leave it alone. Uh, they ask if there's any solution and Yamane says, as of right now, there are no solutions. Mm-hmm. And it, it, when he says it, it really feels like he's sad because he's reflecting what happened on the first movie. I don't know if this is the same Yamane in terms of how much he's changed from the first film because he doesn't seem very interested in saving Godzilla, but he also doesn't want to destroy him. He kind of seems like Switzerland. He's kind of neutral. <laughs> I have a theory uh, and, about that, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but he says that, you know, Godzilla's killed in the blink of an eye and his, essentially his remains sink into Tokyo Bay and they haven't been found. But this is a new Godzilla. You know, even someone even goes as far as, so you're telling me there's another Godzilla? And Yamane says, that's right. That, that was our greatest fear. That's uh, That would have been kind of interesting if they pulled that up in the first movie. Like, oh, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have just <laughs> let Zero-Zal kill himself in case there's more of these things. Right. Yeah, it um, seemed kind of improbable that there would be more than one. So Yeah, but some of this stuff, it, it comes back in ways you don't expect. And w- we might see the, all this again in the future. We'll see. Cool. Well, what do you think about the humor in this film? We've got Kobayashi. He's he's played by Minoru Chiaki. Um who is in several Kurosawa films, you know, Seven Samurai, uh, Red Beard, several different Kurosawa films. And he's always, almost always, he's this jokester type of character. And he plays that same sort of character here. He brings that element to this film that was definitely absent in the first one. The the, the first one was pretty much completely absent of any sort of humor. Um, And to be honest, I don't think the, the humor really works here. Um, maybe there's a cultural difference that I'm not understanding, but really it detracts from the film. For example, we have the whole like escaped prisoner storyline, which is pretty implausible. It has a slapstick quality to it with the prisoners tripping all over themselves. There's a point where one of the prisoners shoots back at the police officers, but he's like shooting right at a fellow prisoner. It makes no sense whatsoever. And then eventually (laughs) like three prisoners get into a wreck. They blow up this factory and the factory catches on fire, leading Godzilla right to Osaka Bay, right? It's a nonsensical storyline. Not to mention that Kobayashi joins the police. Um, Kobayashi and the other hero just happen to be there to join the police to chase the uh, prisoners into the fire, right? Right. To me, it, it doesn't work. And just in general, the jokes here don't work. They detract. They take away from the tone um, that made the first Gohira interesting. What do you think? Does does the humor work for you? Well, what you said about the prisoners really, it never bothered me until this viewing of the film. Yeah, And this time, it really did stick out like a sore thumb. So the humor with Kobayashi actually does work for me for a few reasons. He has charisma that we don't really see, even like in future Godzilla movies. We don't get characters that are purposely funny. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of we get a lot of characters that we laugh at, but they may not have intended to be that way originally. And so that kind of makes him charming. I mean, his actor really delivers his lines in a way that, I, you know, I've, I found myself really liking. Mm-hmm. That comedy and that humor from him really makes me care about his demise. Yeah. The rest of the film, it really, it hardly focuses on any characters hardly at all there's no meaningful depiction of anyone except for maybe dr yamane and the few lines that he has in the film he delivers them with like a somber sadness that you know oh we're gonna be killing godzilla again but also like you know 
my friend died yeah. <laughs> from the previous movie. Like he, he seems very defeated and you know, it would be really cool if he kept coming back in future movies, but I, I and he might make appearances, but he never plays Dr. Yamane again, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but aside from Kobayashi, I mean, most of the comedy really comes from the Godzilla versus Angerus fight. <laughs> and it it's, it's not a good fight. It's yeah. not a good fight. The director of this one, um, Oda, he wanted this film filmed in slow motion. Yeah. Well, anyone watching this film sees that he got the opposite of it because his cameraman accidentally <laughs> sped up the film instead of slowing it down. And so Oda actually, he, he caught that this happened and he liked the effect. So that's why we are stuck with the effect of two times watching a movie in two times speed. While I, these two figures fight it out, I'm, I might make the opposite case. I there's some sort of endearing quality to this fighting that that, that they do. It, sure, it's not stylistic in any way, shape, or form, but it feels kind of primal. Like it feels how animals would actually fight in the wild. You know, they're yeah. they're really like at each other. They're gnawing at each other. Um, and then, of course, you do have that finishing blow, which I do think is is pretty epic. You know, and there's there's even blood yeah. involved <laughs> in that finishing blow, which is just really well savage. Um, the fight overall, I thought it was pretty pretty convincing in that sort of tribal, primal, animalistic sort of way. But you're right; it's it's not. There's no real style to it. The fight overall is fun, and I do like it. Uh, and there is a little bit of merit. I think to what you're saying about it kind of making it feel maybe a little more animalistic because if this was going normal speed, it would be a pretty slow fight. Probably. I feel like there may have been a happy medium somewhere, but you know, maybe that's, that wasn't even possible back then. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it, the, the fights certainly do benefit from being black and white though. It hides a lot of the flaws, especially with Angerus. Uh, looks like wearing a rubber fishing pants on the back half of his <laughs> legs at times. I mean, they did a really good job of hiding his legs during the fight for the most part. But whenever they showed and he like stood up like a normal person, it did not look good. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it was pretty good, except for you know a couple of the other things like. When it's clearly mashing two action figures together in front of the camera. <laughs> like, clearly. <laughs> Some guy was like, hey, I heard your kid has a Godzilla and Angerus toy. Let's just smash them together right here in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, just, we accidentally got rid of the Godzilla suit too, too early in the production. Yeah. That, and then, you know, the puppets. Watching the puppet reactions to each other was horrendous. I mean, the close-ups of Godzilla's face when he was watching those planes go by and he's got those, those wonky teeth, <laughs> like, like, like poor Godzilla. He really needs it. He really needs some braces <laughs> in this film. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like a threatening amount of teeth. It's just odd. It's just, it, it looks like he swallowed a piece of dynamite and blew his teeth out almost. No, you're right. Like, and then Agris, the puppet looks good. I mean, it does. They clearly took spent more effort on Angers than they did Godzilla for this film in terms of the the puppets. But my God, did that thing look bewildered every moment of that film? Whenever it zoomed in on it, I don't know. <laughs> no, you're right. But, you're right. 
<laughs> but the fight, I think the fight goes on a little too long. Overall, what did you think? How, what do you think about the fight overall? Oh, you said you liked it though. Yeah. But no, I did. I, I thought I thought it was um, I thought it was appropriate uh, for this film. It was different. It added a new element in something that we'll see for the rest of the franchise. I was I was kind of mixed on the ending of the film overall, though. Um, the film seems to kind of flash forward. Um, after Godzilla destroys Osaka uh, and goes back to the sea, it really like flashes forward. And all of a sudden we have this kind of winter wonderland sort of landscape. There's snow falling, there's snow on the ground. The windows are iced and frosted over. It's almost feels cozy a little bit. Um, but I don't yeah. think I buy Godzilla's defeat. I don't buy, uh, how Godzilla is defeated. Uh, it's like it sells Godzilla short. I mean, he backs himself into a valley. <laughs> that part doesn't make sense. But then I also don't really buy Kobayashi as a hero. I know the last 30 minutes kind of changed the movie into like a romance and tried to build some sympathy and empathy. And I get that for Kobayashi. But honestly, it feels a little bit like, well, it feels a little like kamikaze pilot i'm just gonna go in um guns blazing though he has no guns i'm gonna go in guns blazing <laughs> just straight to godzilla um and hope for the best it wasn't a smart move he ends up getting killed and then people give him the credit for finding a solution for how they could possibly defeat godzilla so what do you think does the ending work for you does that work for you yeah no not mostly no um it is odd i mean they go from something as awesome as the oxygen destroyer to defeating Godzilla with an avalanche. Yeah. It, in that, in that perspective, it, it doesn't really work for me. What I do like is that Kobayashi does contribute to them finding a solution, but he doesn't purposely find the solution. And that, that's kind of, I mean, it's lame. It, it, <laughs> it is lame. You know, it, it would, his death would be pointless if someone else hadn't seen it. Yeah. And so since uh, Shiro, I think his name was, but since his best friend saw him go down, he, he gets the idea, oh, well, maybe we can just drop this mountain on top of him. Okay, well, that's fine, but that doesn't kill Godzilla. Like, <laughs> it's not an actual solution. And we see that in King Kong vs. Godzilla because Godzilla comes back. Yes, spoilers. I don't know. But I do like the interesting juxtaposition, I guess, with the first movie, where a genius on the level of Albert Einstein saves the world from Godzilla. Yeah. But this time, a fool saves the world from Godzilla. Uh, You know, it just goes to show. Anyone can defeat Godzilla. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of anyone can defeat Godzilla and Godzilla raids again, anyone can get an award. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yep. So just like last week, we're going to give our awards. Um, The first one this week is the coolest character award. So for me, and I know you're going to hate me for this one, uh, but I'm using the exact same character, Dr. Yamane, the professor. And I knew it. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I mean, all right. So last week I made the case for the professor um, as this hopeful idealist. 
but somehow between the first film where he was the hopeful idealist, he has transitioned into the nihilist. <laughs> I like this about him. He says, there's no hope in finding another way to destroy Godzilla. He's given up at this point. You can see it on his face. I mean, overall, Takashi Shimura, once again, another Kurosawa collaborator. He just gives a performance in his three minutes of screen time. He gives the best performance uh, of the film. And so I have to give the coolest character award to him. What about you? I like that you and me both picked up on the same feelings and emotions from Yamane in those three minutes. I mean, that really goes to say a lot about him, oh, yeah. right? It goes to say a lot about that actor, especially. And I was going to pick him until I had a feeling that you were going to pick him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, it's so cool. But for the sake of, I guess, the franchise as a whole, I'm going to pick Kobayashi. Because we don't see a character like his very much in the in the series. Maybe at all. I mean, comedy comes and goes through, through Godzilla through the years. But a character who's purposely funny throughout the whole film, it, it's kind of a rarity. We see it a little bit maybe in King Kong vs. Godzilla. But even that, it, it's it's not the same. And, you know, he's a really likable character. Yeah, he goes out in a really lame way. But not everybody else, not everybody can go out in a blaze of glory. You know, yeah, you know you're right. Do you, did you pick up? I, I didn't honestly pick this up while I was watching it the first time. Did you pick up what Kobayashi and his friend, what, what his profession was? Did you know what that was? I, I thought they were like military people at first because they were no, flying no, a plane, no, but they, they're not. They... No, they they guide uh, fishermen. They, well, they they go out, they spot fish, they tell people where to go find the fish, and then they also guide them back. Yes. And then his Kobayashi's friend eventually joins the army, I believe. Or no, 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 sorry, Air Force. And that's who he's with at the end of the movie. Right, right. But that leads me into my next point, which is the most memorable line award. Um, <laughs> Kobayashi. Uh, somehow manages from his plane. He sees some boats that are catching fish down below. And from his plane, he drops a like capsule with a message <laughs> from his plane, moving at who knows what miles per hour, <laughs> directly in front of the captain of like the, the fishing vessel, right, right at his feet. And <laughs> the captain opens up the capsule and it says, hope you have a great haul. Like, it's not even a spoken line of dialogue. It's just the ridiculousness of the moment. It's just the impossibility of Kobayashi just casually throwing a uh, capsule down right to the captain's feet. It's pretty improbable, but that's my favorite line. What about you? Well, you you just gave credit to my coolest character award. I, yeah. No, Kobayashi. What, look, what, what can I say? Supreme accuracy, except when it comes to flying at Godzilla. <laughs> He knew what he was doing in his final oh, yeah, moments. Sure. That's why he don't let him scream it. <laughs> no, he was in love, man. What are you talking about? That you no. forget the whole romance storyline. He's in love. Oh, yeah. The, the romance is so far in Godzilla. Over two. We should keep a scoreboard Agreed. for romances. Agreed. Right? Over two so far. <laughs> Agreed. Over two so far. Um, so what's your most memorable line? <laughs> All right, mine is kind of like yours. It's an awful line. And it's delivered by your favorite character, nice. Dr. Yavane. Right after he, you know, explains to everybody what happened to the original Godzilla. He goes, when he's describing the new one. Godzilla is acutely sensitive to light. 
It sends him into a rage. We suspect it brings back memories of the hydrogen bomb test. <laughs> <laughs> so, so pretty on the Godzilla nose. Godzilla number two. Yeah, yeah. So, so Godzilla one and two have PTSD. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That works for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's an interesting idea. I, I think it's a little on the nose, but it does lead me into the next award, the Can't Believe That Acting Award. Actually chose a positive moment this time, and it's Hidemi. She's played by uh, Setsuko Wakayama. Hidemi, uh, seeing the destruction of Osaka, seeing the city burning, she backs slowly away from the window. And you can see on her face, just the horror that's unfolding in front of her. You don't see like the burning city. You just see her slowly back away with the realization that her city is gone. There's a theory, you know, that I I read online that Gohira actually dealt more with the bombings of Hiroshima. And this film dealt with the bombings of Nagasaki. Um, And people have kind of said they see some sort of mushroom cloud as Hidemi backs away. I don't buy that really. I just think it's a great moment of acting. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And that, that kind of picks up on something uh, I kind of meant to mention earlier, but you know, there's that huge fight between Godzilla and Angerus and the bombed out city afterwards is like, it, it is, it's creepy. Yeah. And it really shows devastation in a way that, uh, even the original film didn't really, you know, we get to see the aftermath of what happens when a force like Godzilla is present mm-hmm. and then leaves what it leaves behind. And that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, but what it's not as good as <laughs> is the acting of, and yeah, this is going to be the first acting award for a non-human character. Nice. Angerous. Getting hit with Godzilla's atomic breath for the first time. Nice. So, all right. This is the first movie. Godzilla's spikes don't light up when he breathes fire. And it's the only movie, which sucks. Okay? But we know what sucks hmm. worse. Angerus's look of stupidity when he gets hit in the face with that thing. <laughs> he just, he like, he gets hit in the nose and it's like, he's, his nose itches and he just spins his head around because he can't scratch it. So he's just spinning his head around. <laughs> and it, it, it's it's so stupid. Yeah. It doesn't help that the puppets all look bad. Yeah. But it's it's it doesn't make any sense really. I mean, it almost felt like it made him it tickled him. But then, you know, five minutes later, he's laying in the bay on fire because Godzilla's breathed on him. Yeah, it doesn't make too much sense. Speaking of Angiris and Godzilla and their battle. Were there any standout effects for the standout effect award? Yeah. I have a tendency to pick these movies apart. I'm starting to notice in terms of uh, my awards. So the standout effect most certainly was Godzilla watching the flares as those planes dropped them, driving them away mm. from Osaka. Again, it's that puppet I mentioned earlier with those wonky ass teeth. Yeah. What's happening with those teeth, man? I, someone did not care. Yeah, but <laughs> but I tell you, I tell you, the flares coming down that point that point really is uh, like just a beautiful shot. Like the the flares, you know, coming down around Godzilla as he's there, 
I don't know, something about that shot that I found pretty beautiful. I think you're right. And, you know, we, we even mentioned this last episode. We might keep referencing it, but the shot reminded me a lot of 2014's Godzilla, where they're parachuting yeah. down and they've got those, like, flares coming mm. off of them. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Mm. My um, standout effect wasn't quite so beautiful. It was uh, when Godzilla <laughs> pokes its head out of the water for the first time. To me, it just looked like a giant turd. Theo, you know, my son Theo. I've seen turds larger than that in the toilet from Theo. Right, That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and speaking of Theo, I think it's time we move on to the theometer. Theometer. Welcome back to the theometer. This week we're watching a clip from Godzilla Raids Again. Are you ready, Theo? Mm-hmm, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's take a look at this one. Now, remember, tell me what you see. What do we see? What do we got going on here? Oh, I don't know. People speaking a language you don't understand? Yeah, I know how to... What's that thing? Godzilla. Well, there's Godzilla. You know what the other monster is? No. Anguirus. Oh. Can you say Anguirus? Anguirus. That's as good as I can say. That's fine. That's good. What's happening? They're battling. Who's winning? Godzilla? Maybe. Definitely not. Definitely not Godzilla? No. Which one's stronger? I don't know. Which one looks stronger? Well, 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 Godzilla, um, he's actually bending him down. Yeah, he is. You're yeah, right. yeah, and the other person Whoa. is actually like biting. Did you see that fire breath? Yeah. That was, that was impressive. All right, so... If you had to give Anguirus a rating, the other monster, how scary is Anguirus? Um, to five, to five hundred, to twenty hundred. Wow! So you're saying five to five hundred to twenty hundred? Is Anguirus scarier or less scarier scary than Godzilla? Yes. Yes. Great answer. I love it. This has been The Theometer. Yeah, that's been. All right, Alex. Uh, we're back. And <laughs> tell me, what did you think of this film overall? What's your rating and how does it rank compared to the first one that we watched, Gohira? All right. It doesn't compare to Gohira at all. But I actually really like this one. Yeah, it doesn't compare to the first film, but that is also kind of nice. We got the doom and gloom. Not a, I don't even think there's a single joke really even cracked in the first mm -hmm. film. And then we get a more hopeful movie. Uh, yeah, it's got its dark parts, but you know we've got a character like Kobayashi who's funny and we really like throughout the movie. And yeah, the comedy doesn't land throughout the film consistently, especially the prisoners. They don't work. The only thing they're good for is moving the plot along. And even that could have probably been found out. Like they could have figured out a better way to do that. Larry, Curly, and Moe didn't need to drive <laughs> a truck into into these tankers to have Godzilla come back. Something could have just gone wrong. Yeah. Something, something much more simple and logical. I even like the ending. Even though, like we said, his, his death is pointless. Yeah. I do like that they bury Godzilla in ice cubes. <laughs> and yes, they do. They they do look like yeah. ice cubes. They're like they just came out of Yeah, they literally layer. probably were. Um, so. 
And I mean, there's even that shot when he's over there. When he like, but <laughs> did you notice that shot where he's walking through in between the yeah. mountains when the plane flies over, and it looks like a little toy of Godzilla's <laughs> just like standing <laughs> yes. there. Yeah, it's because yeah, it was probably it's yeah, because it, it was yeah exactly yeah it was it was, it was a wind up toy, but apparently winding it up it looked too nice. fake. <laughs> it looked faker than fake. And so they decided, no, nah, no, nah, we won't. We'll just keep it still. <laughs> We're just going to yeah. let it stand still. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I attribute most of the changes to Honda not being available and Kira not being available for the score because it, it's those are two huge yeah. things missing. But it's still, it drives the series yeah. forward. It's got the first monster fight. It introduces Angerus. Um for me, it's a it's a solid three out of five. I mean, I like it. This viewing has lessened it more than my other viewings have. I used to put it even higher, but this time it's a three out of five for me. What about you? So I actually had the opposite feeling towards it. As far as my first viewing, I was a little rough on it, and probably because I was con- comparing it to the original. But on the second viewing, I think my expectations were a little bit lower. And I found that there was actually an endearing quality to this film, particularly in some of those performances. Kobayashi, The Professor. The first half of the film is definitely better. Um, the second half has some nonsensical parts. You got the prisoner storyline. I also don't understand the change of tones after Godzilla wreaks havoc and destroys Osaka. It doesn't make sense to me that we all of a sudden switch to like a romantic comedy where Kobayashi accidentally sacrifices himself to destroy Godzilla. That part doesn't work. (laughs) There is something interesting about Kobayashi as a character. I haven't quite put my finger on what it is. And I do think um, his sacrifice, if we want to call it that, is intriguing. But overall, I think there's some things that leave me scratching my head. But I also... um, find something about this endearing. It's a worthy, as I said at the beginning, sequel, though it may not be a successor. So for me, this ranks, yes, below the original, but it's three out of five stars. This might be the only time we rank something the same. I know, three out of five, we both gave it that. Now, would you agree, if we had to make a list, that this is number two of the two movies that we have watched? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, so currently... Currently, (laughs) yes, the rankings, we both have... Gohira at the top, and we have Godzilla Raids again second. Which, by the way, you can follow along with us. You can keep track of our list if you follow us on Letterboxd. We're going to be on Letterboxd at Al Cornet and at Eric, Mr. Eric Neely. Um, we're also on Twitter there. You can also find the podcast Twitter. It's at MVM underscore pod. Please send us any feedback, questions, concerns you may have. You can email us at nvmpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and you could also like email us anything that you think we should be watching. Something like, I think I mentioned it last week, I'm going to say it again. Something like Jaws, something like even the movie like Colossal, which we might watch eventually. Uh, but, you know, let us know what's been on your pop culture radar. What's coming out that maybe we don't even know about? Eric, I want to know what's been on your pop culture radar this week. Well, my wife and I have been getting into the show The Good Place. Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. All the way through so far. It's only got one more season Oh, there's only left. four seasons? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like the, that kind the, of. I think four, yeah, four, season four starts in like cool. September or I'm something cool. like I'm that. cool with the shorter series. I like that. Um, but yeah, we're just getting towards the end of season one. It started a little slow, but it's definitely 
picking up. I, I definitely like some of the characters. Now Janet is pretty hilarious. Michael's funny. Jason's great. Chidi's awesome. So I'm liking these characters. What about you? What have you been getting into? I have to say Good Place is pretty great. Uh, but I've watched Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, wait. Sorry. Sorry. Fast and the Furious presents <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. Jason, Jason from The Good Place would definitely approve. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely his type of movie. I mean, it's dumb, just like him, and well, it's fun, just you like forget, him. Man, whenever uh, he was asked to describe himself, the way he described himself and to get to know him was to rank the Fast and the Furious movies. So <laughs> he's like two, six, seven, four, one. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just telling you everything you need to know about me by ranking the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. It's uh, amazing. Oh, uh, but yeah, no, I, I I recommend it to anyone who's looking for a dumb Jacksonville fun. baby. But it, <laughs> Jacksonville baby. But yeah, yeah, that but that that's about All it, right. man. That's about it. But uh, oh, got to tell everybody about what we're doing yep. next week. Next week, we'll be looking at the third Godzilla film, King Kong versus Godzilla. We've both seen the American version before, but this time we're checking out the Japanese version. Asking, is this film just a money grab, or is there actually some substance to this material? Until next week. Try, try, try to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> Radar, what's coming out that maybe we don't even know about? Eric, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> Cult, uh, culture. Yeah, I know. What's been on your pop culture radar this week? 